We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, here's your hosts, Alex Golden and Michael J. Fauci. What is going on, Pacer Nation? Want to thank Dalton Pence for the great intro. I'm Alex Golden, and joining me right now is Michael J. Fauci. Fauci, what's going on, brother? Ooh, nothing much. I am feeling good. It is hump day in the week, uh, you know, Wednesday right now when we're recording this. But we are on a Thursday while the Western Conference Finals are going on and we're not in it. At least we did not trade five first-round picks and two other players to be, uh, you know, bounced in the second round like a team uh, that I might call the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's a disappointing game for the Clippers last night getting, you know, beat three games in a row after going up three games to one against the Denver yep. Nuggets. Now we got Nuggets, Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Miami Heat, Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, and that was a great game one, Foch. Um, that really was. Went into overtime, Bam Adebayo doing his best Roy Hibbert impersonation. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we've got ourselves a good conference finals here in both the East and the West. I'm excited for Denver. I mean, they're kind of the team that's like, everybody's like, well, I thought they were going to beat the Jazz, to be honest. And then when you talk got up 3-1, nobody expected them to come back. Nobody picked them against the Clippers. And uh, they took care of business there. And I guarantee no one's going to pick them over the Lakers. So, I don't know. Uh, nuggets and seven, right? Let's just go for it. But today we're going to talk about a little bit of uh, some articles that came out. And so, first and foremost, uh, J. Michael came out with an article talking about the Pacers starting their first round of Zoom calls. And I'm sure a lot of people have been talking about this. So, just just kind of the, the interesting one is Chauncey Billups will not be on the Zoom calls. Uh, he will be doing... A face-to-face interview if that happens. So we're not even sure if the Pacers will bring him in for a face-to-face interview. But he won't be doing any Zoom calls. Is there anything else you took away from that article, Fotch? 
honestly, there's a lot of questions that could come from that because Billups not participating in the initial Zoom first interview makes it kind of feel like the Pacers aren't at the top of his list for a head coaching job. I feel like there there is interest there, but Billups skipping the first round almost feels like kind of like that job interview where you're kind of going through the motions, but if they're going to make you come in for a, a fourth interview, you're like, hey, look, I don't know. This this is this is becoming a lot. And I feel like everybody else, all other candidates are doing the Zoom interviews. Why isn't Billups? If anything, this would probably be the most convenient. Yeah, I mean, I, I think my only rebuttal to that is he only wants to, you know, take interviews that are going to be serious because – with a Zoom call, all you're trying to do is get a feel on a guy or a girl. You're not going to just know right off the top, oh, based on that Zoom call, we're going to you know, hire them as coach. You know, like He's basically saying, like, hey, if you guys really have interest in me, let's skip round one. Let's start at round two. I think he's kind of putting the pressure on the Pacers to bring him in. Because I think you know this, too, as just a communicator. You can have a phone conversation with somebody and be like, yeah, I don't really know how, what to think of that person. But then you meet him in person, it's totally different. It's a totally different dynamic. So yeah. I, I think that's I think that might be where he's at. Like I'm I'm better in person. I might not be great on a Zoom call. Like, you know, I just maybe he's just old school and wants to do it on a a face to face and who knows? I mean, I think the pace will bring him in. I would be shocked if they didn't. Yeah, I mean I think that it brings a little bit of mystery. Like by not having him on the Zoom call, you still wanna have that meeting with him. So you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Pacers allow him to, to skip that and still, you know, come in for a second round interview, which for him will obviously be the first with the Pacers. But when you say old school, maybe it'd be like if a 69 year old Mike D'Antoni didn't know how to work Zoom or something, maybe I'd give him a pass. <laughs> but, you know, 43 year old Chauncey Billups, I, I feel like he knows how to work Zoom, but maybe he's just trying to have a little bit of an upper hand here to say, hey, you know, just like you said. If you're not serious about bringing me in, then this really shouldn't matter. So yeah. uh, it, it's an interesting move. It's a bold move for a guy with no head coaching or assistant experience. But I guess I respect it. I, I think the Pacers will honor it and still bring him in because, like I mentioned last time we, we, we chatted, they want to leave no stone unturned. Yeah. You don't want to say, like, ah, oh, Billups doesn't want to do the Zoom. You know what? Let's cross him off the list. I feel like – you don't want to live with that possible regret for years to come. Right. And, I mean, even if they bring him in and they decide, hey, we're going to go with D'Antoni or Becky Hammond or whomever, they decide they're going to go in a different direction, I should say, they might still learn something from Chauncey Billups when he comes in there. And I think that I'm sure the players, uh, that was another thing in J. Michael's article. He said that he has relationships with Malcolm Victor and Woj reported that, but he also mentioned Miles Turner. So I think that, you know, the players might have something to say about Chauncey Billups as well. While we know the players aren't conducting the interviews and they don't have too much of a say in it, I think their voices will be heard, especially a guy like Malcolm Brogdon, who was brought in here to be the leader of this team. He's just signed a four-year deal last year. So, I mean, a lot of this is predicated on what kind of style of offense the Pacers run. And, and, and if Malcolm is your point guard, I mean, I think that relationship that he and Chauncey have or, or could have makes a lot of sense to why you would want to prioritize getting and getting his opinion. So that's why I'm intrigued by it. Um, but I definitely think they're going to bring him in. And I like Chauncey Billups a lot. And I don't know if you heard Ken or not on the last podcast, but I guarantee that if Chauncey Billups was hesitant about coming out here, uh, Kent would play, uh, pay for a plane ticket to get, to get Chauncey to Indianapolis <laughs> just to get an interview. <laughs> 
Hey, well, at that point, you know, we're, we're pretty much, uh, we'll have to arrange for some transportation to the facility as well. Whatever, whatever is going to make it easier. I'd like to at least interview him. Um, I thought in Jay Michael's article, he had, uh, some great, just great points when you talked about Billups. It's not just Brogdon or Oladipo they also has a relationship with. Also, they mentioned Miles Turner. So he's got a relationship with three current Pacers, and it really, like, in a, in a very nicely way, kind of highlighted how, you know, Nate McMillan didn't have those great relationships with the players. And nowadays, it's, you know, I don't want to say we live in, like, a softer time, but the players, they, they run everything. If you don't yeah. have a great relationship with players, I'm sorry, but the the, the players aren't going to be the first ones to go. It's no, going to be the coach. No. It might be the GM. That's just how it is. Um, when they talked about the, the style of offense in there, I thought it was crazy that Houston attempted 45.3 threes per game yeah. compared to the Pacers, 28. That's like 50% more threes. Yeah. I mean, oh, my God. That's it's crazy. So it, it could be just a huge shock if you bring in Dan Tony. We've talked about before. Are you making numerous trades? Are you changing everything compared to a guy with Chauncey Billups or or other candidates that we've mentioned, like a Dan Craig that might just be stepping in there and kind of being like, hey, we got a lot of great players right here. You know, are we a championship team? No, but there's a lot of talent here that we can make this work. Obviously, health is everything, though. Yeah, well, I would kind of give you a little rebuttal there. I don't think we have a lot of great players. We have a lot of good players. Um, it's quality, you know. There's a lot worse situations no, than the no, Pacers no, no. roster right now. We, we have a very solid roster, a very competitive roster. I wouldn't say it's great. There could be tweaks to it to get us a little bit deeper. I mean, we're not on the same level as Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, no. Toronto. I mean, even though we were the four seed, I think that those teams are, are a notch or two above us. But that's not to – be negative it's just i'm just trying to be real but i definitely think though Fotch, one thing people are freaking out about it's like oh if we get dan tony we're gonna play five out we're gonna have no bigs we're gonna trace bonus and turner we're gonna have freaking pj tucker as our center blah 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 blah. i don't necessarily agree with that i, I really believe that mike D'Antoni is a very you know uh, an, an innovator as a coach and i think that yeah they might make a trade or two but that's bound to happen if you're trying to make changes and you're trying to better the roster so, I mean, trades are inevitable, but I really think that if he does, you know, get hired, I think he's going to try to figure things out with playing with a big and not necessarily playing the same style as Houston. And I mean, there is a report on Twitter today saying that they want, they have visions of Victor Oladipo being the next uh, 2.0 or James Harden 2.0. And I'm just like, Victor's not that guy. He's just not, he's not he's a good not. enough shooter. He's not good at drawing fouls like uh, James Harden is, and uh, his handle's not near as good. I mean, and he's coming off a gruesome injury, so it's like I don't necessarily buy that, but I do think they could play a more up-tempo style of play, and maybe Victor gets some more ball-handling duties, but my goodness, I don't, I don't envision the Pacers playing anywhere close to how the Houston Rockets have played the last couple of years. No, and nor do I want – you know, Oladipo shooting, you know, 15 to 23 is a game. Like, like sometimes we see out of James Harden. I mean, James Harden is a out-of-this-world offensive talent. Yeah. He is. They don't grow on trees. I don't want to strap Harden 2.0 to anyone on this roster because we just don't have that. Yes, I just like you mentioned, I could see Oladipo having the ball in his hands much more. Uh, I could see him them playing much faster because that – we just have to. 
I think the Pacers were 23rd in pace this year. That's not going to cut it in today's NBA. So I, I think D'Antoni would be able to adapt. Um, depends also, like we talked about, how long does he want to coach? Yeah. Most coaches sign about a four or five year deal. That'll take him to age 73. I mean, that's not that common compared to some of the younger coaches. But at the same point, make no mistake, Mike D'Antoni wants to coach, and he will be a head coach next year. It's just a matter of where. Well, and you got to go back and look at the Pacers' history. I mean, as far as coaching goes, um, Bob Hill, three years. Larry Brown, four years. Larry Bird, three years. Isaiah Thomas, three years. Rick Carlisle, four years. Jim O'Brien, four years. Frank Vogel, four and a half years. Nate McMillan, four years. So if D'Antoni wants to be signed for four more years, um, that follows a nice trend the Pacers have had with their head coaches. So uh, <laughs> it's interesting, but uh, that's that's kind of like just looking at previous seasons. I mean, pretty much everyone was there for three or four years, and I think that makes sense for a guy like D'Antoni. And if he is 69, 70 years old, he doesn't want to you know, coach probably into his 80s, that would give him another four years to really get himself somewhere he wants to be at. And why not Indiana? I mean, maybe he uh, has a good relationship with the front office, but who knows? But Fachi, uh, I know we got to get going here in a second and uh, get on with Scoop B. So uh, just wanted to bring up one more thing tomorrow on 1070 The Fan or 107.5 The Fan here in uh, Indianapolis. They're going to be running a radiothon, uh, a radiothon, excuse me, for uh, Malcolm Brogdon's organizing this to benefit Indianapolis Public Schools. So um, you, you read this article. I read this article. Any thoughts on this uh, radiothon? Yeah, I thought this is awesome. This is everything that you want for like – a leader or even just a player on your team. Malcolm Brogdon doing his part to help the students in the underserved communities in Indianapolis. Like this is leading by example. And he was even saying, I identify strongly with this city. I think they've really gotten behind me, the fans, the Pacers organization, the people of the city have really embraced me and I want to give back. That's yeah. everything that we're looking for in a guy like Brogdon, who not only, you know, a really good basketball player, but a high character guy. So, yeah. I think this is pretty awesome. I mean, they got some cool prizes going on. Fans can bid on autograph items, like in-studio experiences. Uh, and you basically, you get to go to Top Golf with Brogdon and nine of your friends if you win. And I think that it, it benefits a good cause, being able to help out all the, you know, uh, maybe underprivileged students in the area and help them just be, you know, up to par where a ton of other communities might be. And one last thought that I thought was really interesting is um, – Brogdon, his family, the, the the education in his family, I thought was unbelievable. His grandfather is actually what the, the whole JHA education project is about. He was actually the nation's youngest college president ever at age 29. I turned wow. 29 in November. When I read that, I went, oh, my God. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, at times uh, I like where I'm at in life, and then other times I realize, Wow. There were some people that, that did some great things, and Brogdon's whole family, I mean, it's it's obvious that education is something that was very important to him, and it's nice to see him spread it to others. Yeah, and it's really cool. I mean, they're, they're making sure that every child has the need in order to learn. They're going to make sure they have Wi-Fi and the equipment they need, deliver books. You know, the school system is providing meals. I just... It's just it's just really great to see Brogdon working with our community, and we need more guys doing this type of thing. And you know, you mentioned that you can go on a uh, three hour, pretty much a three hour hangout with Brogdon at Top Golf with nine of your friends. And if you're interested in, in participating in that auction, you can text BFF twenty twenty to seven six two seven eight to donate and bid on items. So 
Once again, just text BFF2022762278. And uh, I think it'll be for a good cause, everybody. So uh, while we're going to bring Scoop B on, I'm going to turn it over to Mike Focci to tell you a little bit about my bookie. Pacer Nation, what is going on? Mike Focci here. And while the Pacer season may be done, winning season returns at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means survivor, super contests, and squares. At my bookie, winning season means hitting all your parlays and your props with your feet up, counting this money. Rejoice, because it's time to celebrate the NFL season, which is nearly upon us. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code OVERTIME and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Yes, I said up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is waiting for you at my bookie with a chance to win big. I'm talking, it's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect that cash. And you're going to use promo code OVERTIME and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins, no, 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 not next week, not tomorrow, but today, only at my bookie. And OVERTIME is going all in for our listeners. We're giving away $500 cash to one lucky person who takes advantage of this offer. And when you make your deposit, take a screenshot of your MyBookie account and email it over to overtime at advertisecast.com. That's overtime at advertisecast.com. That's C-A-S-T dot com. $500 will be given away at the end of September. So why would you want to place a bet with anyone other than my bookie? And at the end of the day, let's go Pacers. All right, everybody, welcome back to Setting the Pace. And joining us right now from Heavy.com, he's a senior writer. He has his own podcast called uh, Heavy with Scoop B. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk to Braden Scoop B. Robinson. You can find him at Scoop B on Twitter. Scoop, what's up, man? The sky. What's going on with you guys? <laughs> oh, not a lot. Just uh, NBA playoffs are in full effect. Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals. Here we come. But uh, I, I got to start things out here, you know, as this is a Pacers podcast. Uh, saw that you had posted a little bit of a conversation you had with Mike D'Antoni just showing those phone calls. So, I mean, he is the name that is rumored heavily with the Indiana, Indiana Pacers. So what are your thoughts on uh, Mike D'Antoni? I mean, he was somebody that's been rumored even before he decided to not come back uh, to the Houston Rockets. And what I can share with you is um, – his name has circulated even with the Pelicans, uh, if you will. Uh, I, I was reported by Jason Dumas out in the Bay Area that uh, the Sixers uh, will be meeting with uh, both D'Antoni and Billy Donovan uh, this week at their facility in Camden, New Jersey. Um, but as it relates to Mike D'Antoni, um, I do think that he is a guy whose name gets circulated a lot in coaching searches. I mean, this is a guy who's had jobs with the Suns. He's had jobs with the Lakers, guys with the Rockets. Uh, jobs with the Rockets, excuse me, uh, et cetera. And now the Pacers are coming up. And to be honest with you, um, while that sounds good, I, I actually think that they should be looking for new blood or people that they, you know, haven't uh, considered 
in a while. And so while Mike D'Antoni is a sexy name, we learned from the Brooklyn Nets uh, that there are other people out there, like Steve Nash, who was hired by the Nets as their head coach, a guy who came out of Mike D'Antoni's system. And so uh, what I would like to say to you is that I, I, while Becky Hammond is a name that has floated around quite a bit, um, Mark Jackson is a name that you should be paying attention to, a former Indiana Pacer. I did speak with Mark about a month ago. Uh, he told me he has an interest in coaching again. He didn't say a name of a team, uh, but he said that, you know, uh, if uh, a team does come calling, uh, he will come on the Scoopy Radio podcast and discuss uh, his, his thoughts on or, you know, of what team hires him. But I do think that the Pacers should, uh, should uh, create some sort of reunion uh, with Mark Jackson, a guy that has knows how to develop a culture. He did it in Golden State. Love me some Mark Jackson. Didn't feel like he got the fairest of all shakes uh, because I feel like that's a guy who should be coaching again. But going back to the Dan Tony rumors, I mean, I've heard his name circled with Philly a lot lately. I could kind of see it. I don't know if it's the best fit in Indiana, but I'm not going to lie. Pacer fans were super excited to even be linked to Dan Tony. Um, but when you talk about fresh blood, what do you think of the rumors of maybe Chauncey Billups? becoming a head coach, and if it's a fit with the Pacers or not. I mean, that would go along the lines of what I just said as far as names that are consistently recycled. Um, it's literally like musical chairs. We see it in media. One day someone's at ESPN, then the next day they're at Turner. Maybe they head over to CBS. I think we're in a day and age where, uh, particularly during the COVID climate that we're in, uh, where things have slowed down and people are able to pay attention more than just to eat and regurgitate. And so hypothetically speaking. And so when I look at uh, Chauncey Billups, I mean, this is a guy that uh, I just tweeted at Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie a little while ago. He, he, you know, rebuffed my report about the Nets and, and a potential move with the Pelicans. But I said this to, to Spencer Dinwiddie. I believe that he's the modern day Chauncey Billups, Colorado guy. It's just like uh uh, Chauncey is and a guy who had a who has a very high basketball IQ but didn't fit right away. Um, Chauncey Billups, you know, moved around Boston, Denver, Knicks, Pistons, found his way with the Pistons and, and won a championship with you know the defensive force that was the Detroit Pistons. And I feel like um, he's a guy that should get you know. I mean, this is listen. If he, if he wasn't intelligent or he wasn't a good coach. Why were the Cavaliers reaching out to him about a potential front office position? Um, and so to me, I think he's really basketball-wise. And he, he studied under a guy in Joe Dumars, uh, who you know is a brilliant basketball mind, um, who, who was the architect of that Pistons championship team. So I think that the Pistons – excuse me, I believe that the Pacers should give Chauncey Billups some attention. I believe that as much as D'Antoni is a sexy pick, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but – I really genuinely believe that in order to, 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 to even reach a guy like Victor Oladipo, who's been uh, been discussing a myriad of, of trade situations, um, he would be able to reach it in that regard. There was a reason why Nate McMillan and, and, and Oladipo didn't click. Um, respectfully, I respect Nate McMillan because he's older than me, but sometimes those old school values don't always carry over into – a newer school player. And so I think, you know, you saw it with Darren Williams uh, as it related to his time in Utah, the, the late Jerry Sloan. So I, I think in this situation in Indiana, if the Pacers want to, you know, stay perhaps getting a Billups, uh, a Becky Hannon, uh, a Mark Jackson, uh, somebody that's used to dealing old school, but still new school in the approach might do the trick. 
Yeah, I think Chauncey Billups is definitely an intriguing name, and it's kind of funny because the only reporting I've really seen on Chauncey is the link to Indiana. So um, Jay Michael from the Indy Star came out and said the Pacers won't be holding any Zoom interviews with him, but if they do have interviews with Chauncey, those will be in person. So while you know Mike D'Antoni seems to be you know floating around for the Pacers head coaching vacancy, uh, Chauncey Billups has drawn a lot of interest too. So what are your thoughts on – uh, I guess, or what rumors have you heard about Chauncey and the Pacers? Like, how serious is he about uh, interviewing with the Pacers? Are there other teams around that could be interviewing Chauncey as well? Um, I, this is what I have heard. This was maybe like a month ago. Um, his name was attached to anything related to Ty Lue. Um And I think that but, – but the funny thing about Ty Lue is uh, internally I've heard um, – other and and that would be along the lines of assistant coaches. Um, that being said, um, I, I believe that Chauncey Billups is more than just uh, an assistant coach. I mean, this is a guy that was approached about, um, you know, a front office after David Griffin left Cleveland. So, and you know, there were there were internal reasons why Chauncey decided not to do that. I, to be honest with you, I haven't heard of some Indy was the only place that I've heard other than you know, a package deal situation with, with, with Philly uh, as it relates to if, you know, Ch- uh, Ty Lue decides that that's what he wants to do. Um, and Ty Lue's name, you know, was attached quite a bit um, to different places. So, you know, you're looking at the Pelicans, you know, you're looking at, um, you're looking at the Sixers, you're looking at um, a myriad of teams, the Houston Rockets. So, um, what I'll tell you is this, um, when I look at Chauncey Billups, man, I, I think, um, there's so many open opportunities there um, for coaching, for assistant coaching, and more. Um, who's to say, hypothetically, that if Ty Lue was to leave that assistant coaching position with the Clippers, or Sam Cassell was to leave assistant coaching position with the Clippers, that Chelsea just, just doesn't ease into a situation as an assistant coach with the Clippers, a team he knows well, and kind of just work his way up. You know, I read in the past that Doc Rivers had offered Chauncey uh, an assistant coaching job before. Um, you know, I know that Chauncey's flirted with ideas of front office and not. So maybe that is an option uh, over there. But when you look at Dan Tony, age 69 years old, you look at Chauncey, 43 years old. Uh, Dan Tony has all the experience in the world from a head coaching standpoint. Chauncey mm-hmm. lacks that. Does that worry you when you look at the Pacers at a position where – you can't get out of the first round, and now you're looking at a potential not only first-time head coach, but one without assistant coaching experience. Is that a reason to be worried? So I'm going to say this, and I'm going to flip it. So you look at ESPN, and you look at what Stephen A. Smith said about white privileges related to Steve Nash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at that situation with Steve Nash, and you compare it to Jason Kidd, and you compare it to Derek Fisher, both getting jobs with the Nets and the Knicks respectfully. The same market where Steve Nash is now head coach. Um, point guards make good coaches. When I look at Chauncey Billups and I look at the fact that he's played under um, Patino, he's played under George Carl, he's played under Larry Brown, and a, a myriad of other uh, coaches as well. I don't want to sell anybody short. Why do we use this rhetoric about Chauncey Billups, who was an NBA champion, uh, who Unlike Steve Nash, um, a, a guy who um, did it the hard way, meaning, you know, got it from the mud, as these younger kids say, 
Um, why do we use that rhetoric with with Chauncey, um, but we don't with Steve Nash? I guess that's a, that's a. I guess you're not supposed to answer a question with a question, but th- that is my question. That's my follow up to your to your question. The one thing I would say though is Steve Nash has spent time with the Warriors, though I believe the last two years on that staff. So he does. He has gained experience there. Agree, but Chauncey Billups has mentored some of these young guys, even if in an unofficial role. Um, he's a guy who's been sought after to become uh, a general manager within an organization. He's a guy who has done television. He's a guy who has played in the big three and has consulted closely with, um, you know, Ice Cube in that big three league. So I, I hear what you're saying, and I believe that um, formal experience comes in, in, in different forms. Uh, most billionaires didn't go to college. Yeah. Who's to say? Who's to say? I mean, Jason Kidd is with the season. Whenever the Lakers finish their season, will be one of the most sought-after head coaches in the league. This guy had no head coaching experience prior, or assistant coach experience prior to getting a job with Brooklyn. And to be honest with you, I believe that the Nets situation in Brooklyn was a crash course because it, 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 it checked the box of nostalgia, merging the New Jersey Nets and the Brooklyn Nets together, and then. Yeah. And then, I mean, and that was, to me, that was a typical Nets move. You know, they wanted that level of relevancy, and he guided that team pretty well. They lost to the, to the eventual champions that year, if I'm not mistaken, or the, the eventual Eastern Conference champions, the Miami Heat. And I'll add that, to be honest with you, Kidd's situation in Milwaukee would be a similar situation with Chauncey Billups in Indiana. Most of these younger, most of these coaches don't, not named Steve Nash or Frank Vogel, want to be in a situation where you get a longer form contract with young talent and you can develop Mark Jackson situation in the golden state, if you will. Yeah. And I mean, that's uh that's all good information. And I think that, you know, it's, it's still just, you know, speculation of what's going to happen. I'm excited to see where the Pacers go. It's uh it almost feels kind of similar for me, at least, for the D'Antoni to the Pacers, as, as as much as we heard Ricky Rubio to the Pacers last offseason before they got Malcolm Brogdon. So I definitely think he might be their number one candidate, but I don't know if that's uh, the guy they're going to end up with. But, Scoop, i got to ask you, you brought up Victor Oladipo, obviously going to be in a contract year next season, coming off that horrific injury, played in the playoffs, looked he looked okay. looks like he's still trying to get through some of that and uh, work himself back into shape and, and, and game form, but... I'm curious, Scoop, what do you think about Victor Oladipo and his long-term uh, situation with the Pacers? Um, it, I think it depends on the coaching situation, and I think it's very similar uh, to Zach Levine uh, with the Bulls. Um, Oladipo, I, I, I've covered the, the Bulls situation with Levine deeply, and I'll, I'll make a, a, a comparison. Um, you know, the Bulls ended up firing Jim Boylan uh, because there was a lack of um, – agreement between Levine uh, and, and Boylan. And, you know, I've had conversations with Jim Boylan throughout the course of the season, and I told him that I actually respect his old-school way of um, holding players accountable in a way that a lot of these younger guys don't resonate with. They don't want to be treated like their college players. They want to be treated like professional athletes. And some may argue that that's being babied or coddled, if you will. Um, and in that in that same vein, um, Levine and, and Boylan clashed. Now, in comparison to the Pacers, um, I can tell you that uh, during the bubble, uh, Oladipo really didn't want to play, um, and it took 
uh, McMillan convincing him uh, to make that happen. Um, and, and what I'll say to you in that regard is I don't think Victor Oladipo dislikes Nick McMillan. I just think that the Pacers are in a situation where they're rebuilding. I mean, uh, I, I remember the days of the Pacers in Market Square Arena uh, with Rick Smith and Reggie Miller, even, you know, during the, the beefing with Spike Lee in the 90s, but also, you know, the days of when, you know, the Pacers were going toe-to-toe with the Nets in the playoffs and Reggie Miller put on a, a tremendous performance. I think that was a double overtime game. But how do you identify the Pacers now as Victor Oladipo a part of it? I know that the New York Knicks are looking uh, or are interested in, you know, Fred Van Fleet and or Victor Oladipo. Um, the Nets are too. The Nets, as I reported uh, today, you know, are looking at or are interested in Drew Holiday. If not Drew Holiday, then Victor Oladipo is a person of interest. So there's a lot of different um, uh, crossovers in that regard. I think it depends on what what the Pacers are looking to do in the long term. Um, and I think Malcolm Brogdon seems like a person that wants to be part of that more longer term. Oladipo um, sees the money and 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 he and he's I think he's a name that that should get it. Um, but are the Knicks in their current state of team that um, would would facilitate that level of success? I'm not sure because at least the Pacers made the playoffs. They lost to the Heat. Um, but I, I think a lot of it is developing uh, tradition, developing a culture. And I think that the Pacers, um, you know, need that coach, that face uh, to, be, to, to make that happen. I'm not sure if all the people was a part of it. Um, we'll see. You know, in today's era, you simply just can't let a star walk away. So if you're the Pacers right now and Oladipo is going into that contract year, do you panic? And maybe make a trade in the off season, maybe prior to the draft, where you can make a full, you know, type of rebuild, not a full reset, but just kind of retool. Or do you try and see this thing out with a new coach until and take it all the way down to the trade deadline at the last minute? Because if free agency hits right now, the perception is he's probably not signing a new deal. No, the deal yeah, that is. I, I think you wait till the trading deadline. I think you wait till the trading deadline and I think you figure out what you're going to do. Because I think that, you know, when you look at a situation like, for example, with the Lakers, you know that I was very in tune with what was going on with Anthony Davis as it related to the Pelicans and the Lakers. And what the Lakers, or excuse me, what the Pelicans wanted from the Lakers at the trading deadline in 2019, February of 2019, became a different scenario in June of 2019. One, because you know, the Lakers did have that pick that they were able to swap to the Pelicans in order to get them. I'm saying that to say what the Pelicans wanted, um, the Lakers had kind of dumbed down those those wants and those expectations um, as the, the season ended and there was less, you know, media hoopla surrounding that situation. I think I answered your question. If I didn't, please tell me. No, no, you did. You did. It's just going to be a wait-and-see approach. You know, I, I don't think they can – rush the situation here because uh you really only have one shot at this if you're not gonna pull this trade off to the best of its ability then it's gonna send a message to all potential free agents looking to sign with indiana that you know they they could deal you cold turkey just like that and you don't want to send that message yep we're on the same page Well, let me ask you this. Are there any other rumors about the Pacers that you've heard any other names flying around? Or you, do you think that the, the Pacers plan on keeping this roster intact 
uh, depending on what way they uh, go with their coach. The only thing I've really heard was, you know, the Oladipo uh, talk. I know the Knicks are, are one of the teams that's interested. And that's kind of just with a lot of these moves and these these supposeds. Um, you saw that Chris Paul was a name that I, that I was tweeting about mm-hmm. last week and even, you know, today. It, it kind of revolves around what the Knicks kind of do uh, as it relates to, you know, the point guard situation. I know the Knicks, you know, do have interest in Oladipo. They do have interest in Fred VanVleet. They do have interest in Chris Paul. It just depends on the the. You have to tweet and mention things in in, in multiples because people will hold you to that one thing. But it just it really depends on what happens with the Pacers and Oladipo. It depends on what happens with you know the Knicks and Chris Paul. Um, I know that the Bucks are another team that are you know interested in Chris Paul and bringing you know Giannis into the fold, bringing him into the fold with Giannis there. Pardon me. So I, I think it, it's just it's uh, those are the things I've heard. The Oladipo situation does it stay? Does it go? And then also, you know, um, the coaching situation. Becky Hammond is a name that you know is of interest. Um, you've heard Greg Popovich's name as it related to the Nets. Now it's Becky Hammond's turn on the Pacers side. But um, you know, D'Antoni is a name that's floated. Becky Hammond and, and Mark Jackson is a name that I throw into the hat um, that hasn't been talked about a ton. And Chauncey Billups, I think, would be a good fit as well. I do. I, like I said, an NBA champion deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, uh, very well respected in the NBA. And uh, the younger people grew up watching him in 2004 when the, when the Pistons won the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a very interesting offseason. You know, I'm always tapped into what Scoopy's tweeting out there because there could be a lot of uh, names on the move. So, Scoop, keep hitting us with uh, that great content, and uh, I look forward to seeing uh, the the shakeup in this offseason. Gentlemen, always good to talk to you, and thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Thank you. You guys can follow Scoop on Twitter at ScoopB. We'll be right back. All right, Fachi, so we just got off the phone with Scoop B. I got to get your thoughts on his – his rumors that he had about Oladipo and our coaching search. Always interesting to hear from Scoop B. You know, the, the guy's got uh, sources on sources. So, uh, you know, always interesting to just wonder what else is out there for the Pacers. I know he threw Mark Jackson out a few times. You know, I think that ship might have sailed a little bit. Um, when he talks about Chauncey Billups, it sounds like that's someone who he speaks very highly of. And, you know, I get intrigued by that. I know Billups has a great relationship with uh some of the, the younger players in the league right now. And uh, I, apparently he just got off the phone with Dan Tony recently. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, if the Dan Tony rumors are real or not. I personally heard him a little bit more linked to Philly lately. So I feel like the, the Dan Tony Pacers, you know, marriage, uh, if you want to call it in the beginning is kind of drifting a little bit apart, you know? Yeah. So we're more at the flirting stage with that. But uh, what did you think of uh, Scoop's, Scoops. Yeah, Scoop Scoops. I like it. <laughs> Maybe we should get him a show called Scoop Scoops. But uh anyway, no, I I think uh I think the Mark Jackson stuff, he really did, he said it in his he said it in his uh, interview with us that you haven't really heard anything about it. So it was more so just like he had a conversation with Mark Jackson. Mark really wants to coach and and maybe the Pacers might do an interview. I mean, I wouldn't say that he was like, "Oh, Mark Jackson is definitely a strong candidate." I just think that he thinks Mark should be given another chance. So I think that's more of a personal thing than it is an actual, 
hey, this is what he's hearing from multiple sources. Pacers are highly interested. No, it wasn't that kind of thing. So that's where I'm going to add on that. It sounds like Becky Hammond, like we've heard before, her name's at the top of the list. Chauncey Billups, obviously somebody that, you know, the Pacers were linked to earlier from Woj. Uh, I thought it was interesting how he said that if Sam Cassell or Ty Lue gets a job, he could be on the Clippers coaching staff next season. And that was pretty interesting. But all in all, you know, basically uh, he said – the D'Antoni thing was kind of confusing because he acted like D'Antoni might not be the right fit for the Pacers and didn't act like their names really made a lot of sense together. So I was kind of I was kind of surprised to hear that, but maybe it's because, like you said, Botch, uh, D'Antoni might be a, a strong candidate somewhere else. That's what it seems like. The Pelican rumors, I, I didn't hear that. Um, that was very interesting. I, I think just like I said, uh, D'Antoni and Philly, I've definitely heard them linked. Um, so... That I could be wrong, but I believe that Dan Tony was also an assistant in Philly a few years ago before the Rockets gig. Yeah, could he be was. wrong on that. Okay, he was, so there yeah. is there is there is ties there. So um, that 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 definitely has legs right there. But you know we'll see. Part of right now is strictly all just rumors. You know it's interesting that the Knicks were able to you know basically sign. Um, oh my God, uh, Thibodeau so early that we haven't seen any other coaches sign. Yeah, and obviously D'Antoni's only been out of a job for just you know just under a week, but there's a lot of openings right now, and I wonder if it's going to be just kind of waiting for the first domino to fall before a bunch of other head coaches you know finally you know get their job, their new jobs. But that's going to be exciting to see. For now, it's just rumors, and you know I couldn't be more excited. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, with Houston uh, having a vacancy now, there'll be somebody that could be in the mix for a new coach. Obviously, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Indiana, Chicago are all those other names involved as well. I don't think I'm missing anybody. and I don't think so. No, because the only one uh, so, well, Oklahoma City. Okay, so yeah, you're right. But um, Brooklyn, they did hire a coach too, not just Thibodeau. They got Steve Nash. Mm. So I, I mean, and it doesn't. I don't. I don't think the Clippers are going to let go of Doc Rivers. I really don't. I, I don't think so. With with both Paul so. George and Kawhi and one year left on their deal, I think that they'll run it back and hopefully, without the pandemic, without the bubble, maybe they feel like they can do a little bit better than they did this year. They can't do much worse. Um, so that's that's kind of where I stand on that. But I mean, it's going to be interesting. I wouldn't expect any move anytime soon. Honestly, with so many openings available, these coaches have to be very smart. Uh, and make the right decision for themselves as well. And a lot of the coaches that are strong candidates are still involved uh, or were still involved with uh, being assistant coaches and things like that. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure, Foch, but I'm excited as well. So um, let's wrap this episode up. Hopefully you guys enjoyed Scoop B. He's always got a, a great take on things, and uh, it's, it's just good to hear his side of things. He's on the East Coast. So uh, that's why he's got a lot of ties to New York, Brooklyn, and a lot of rumors coming out of that circle. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But – um, you guys can follow us on Twitter at setting the pace three. I'm at Alex Golden NBA. My man Fachi's at underscore F A C C I on both Twitter and Instagram. I'm Instagramless, but I have a Facebook. Shows you how old I am, right, Fach? That it is. You're getting older <laughs> by the day, Alex. <laughs> Every day I'm getting older. Shocking, right? But um, <laughs> anyway, guys, we're probably going to go back to just doing like one episode a week until we get some more uh, content to go with. So you'll hear from me on Sunday still with Kent Sterling, and then me and Fach will do one a week. So we're going down to about two a week now. Unless something crazy happens or we have some, uh, you know, some, something great to talk about. So, if you guys have any ideas, let us know. Things you want us to talk about and uh, message us at Setting the Pace Three. Our DMs are open, and uh, we'll talk to y'all next week. Let's go Pacers. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. 
Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.